<laughs> Welcome back to the Average Professionals podcast, where we do a deep dive wow, yeah. on the endurance world as we're um, going through and living the trial and error and pushing our training a little bit farther. And so today we're going to talk to Isaac about uh, just that, how his training is going to look in the next uh, in the next year. Yes. So last week, uh, or whatever, I don't know when I'm releasing these all. So far, we have Luke's nutrition, my nutrition. Now we have Luke's fitness. So now it's my fitness turn. So my stuff similar to Luke. Um, my programming is going to look obviously a little bit different, a lot different than last year. Because last year I was mainly doing like strength or CrossFit or Olympic weightlifting, whereas this year it looks like I'll be running. Um, the program calls for seven days a week, but it's like a thirty-minute recovery run would be on Mondays, yep. and that might be a day like I completely cut that off. Um, but the current program I'm on is a 18 week marathon full blown program and, uh, it increases in distance each week. So the mileage or kilometers that I'm putting on my feet will peak at probably around, um, week like 15 or so, and then I'll start to taper down and I don't necessarily have a race at the end of that taper. Um, there is like the Austin marathon around that time. So I'm like debating if I should go and do it just not to go full blown race it, but kind of run it similar to what I did with the Toronto marathon. And then the goal is to run, um, the Mississauga marathon and that's in April at some time. I forget the exact date, but, um, I know that's what Amanda did to qualify for Boston. My hopes isn't to qualify during that race, just being a realist, taking 22 minutes off of my marathon time in, you know, seven, eight months. It's doable, but it might be really aggressive. I don't know. That's the thing we talk about all the time. When we do this 80, 20 style of running, because you're never really testing yourself at that duration, you kind of go out and you're like, we're going to figure out how it goes. And then it always goes really well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's going to be pretty much it for the most part. In addition to my runs, um, the goal is at least two to three, strength slash CrossFit slash Olympic weightlifting sessions. Um, at first I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a lot more structure to it. And I probably will, but like, that's just stuff I enjoy doing. Like I do it for fun. I don't do it cause I think it's going to make me a better runner. I do it because I like Olympic weightlifting. I do CrossFit because I do my team training with my clients and it's usually CrossFit style workouts. And I enjoy doing that stuff. Um, I don't go crazy. Like I'll probably won't do like kipping pull-ups and stuff. I'll do strict pull-ups instead. So I'm still being somewhat smart with it, but, um, yeah, that'll be like the fun fitness. And then the serious fitness is my runs. Why are you smiling? <laughs> you don't need your shoulders for running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bust those up with some kipping pull-ups. Exactly. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Cool. Um, the run Austin. Yes. Yeah. So you're yes. going to do 18 weeks of prep. Yeah. A couple questions. First one how do you know what do you know the distance like the max distance that you're going to be i don't to, off the okay. top of my head i don't know what it is okay it's i think it's, it's lots yeah it's lots lots of lots of time on your feet yeah many kilometers traveled uh i think Austin would be cool it's it's a obviously we've been austin a couple of times we really enjoy it there it just get some li- live oak is that what it was called some live oak that yeah beer great uh great local beer from austin if you're ever in the area live oak no so. idea what the actual so I feel bad. So just a quick side note, uh, Rachel, she yep. was in Austin and I'm like, you need to get this live Oak and you know, there's different kinds. She got a different 
kind of Live Oak. Oh, so Live Oak is the actual brewing company. Yeah, it's the brand name. And then it was like Schlischnischnischnurture. Right. That was the actual kind. And she didn't get that kind. She got something else. And she's like, it was horrible. Oh. Like, oh, man. No. Well, we always talk about, this is going off here, but we always talk about, um, I think, alcohol or beers specifically being a tasting and experience. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've had, you know, um, kind of the worst Pilsner probably out there. I can't even think of the name, but it was like on a guy's weekend up in Squamish. We were mountain biking <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. the whole weekend. It was like the best beer I ever had. And then I went back to Victoria. I'm like, man, that beer was so good. Yeah. I'm going to get that beer. And I got it and I got home and I drank it and I was like, this is so <laughs> disappointing. It was squamish yeah. in the mountain biking that I was tasting in the yeah, beer, which the beer. was not the case when I drank it at home. Yeah, yeah, that's the case. And I think we just had a really cool experience in, in Austin. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think the, that'd be a fun marathon to run. I do. I, I think so as well. Like, it, it's more so it, because it's in February. Um, once again, it'd be, like, near the end of my 18 weeks. Uh, I thought it'd be a good thing to, for, like, Caitlin and I and Mateo to get away as well. Yeah. Um but I don't know for sure. Apparently, it's really hilly. Like, it's actually a pretty tough marathon. Okay. Not that I'd be running it to try to qualify for anything. That would be more of, like, just a long, a long run. Yeah. Well, what I, what I think is when you say, oh, it's so unrealistic to take off 20 minutes, I always just think, well, you kind of just went out there and did it. I know. I know. And so that's why I think it would be cool if you did a marathon after the 18 weeks because then you could just do it again. But you'd probably, I mean, I, I'm imagining just based off of a successful training block of 18 weeks where you're actually doing marathon prep that you yeah. would get faster. And then I think you'd have a more realistic idea of like what you're capable of. You might go out and run sub three and you might not, you might run 310 and be like, oh, okay, cool. So now for this Mississauga marathon, like my goal is to qualify or maybe it's not. And that's, and that's the thing is I, I wanted to just get more experience with running marathons in that type of environment because it's completely different, right? Like I mentioned it in when we debriefed the Toronto Marathon, um, you know, the whole warm-up situation, I didn't know what that was gonna look like, or fueling and training my gut. Like I had gels for the first time a week or two weeks before my run, right? Like I never actually had a nutrition strategy. So things like that, like I'd wanna kind of test those out on, on game day. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, that would be a test and then like, you know, Mississauga, that's the one that I really want to focus on. That's one where I want to go and race, not just run. Yeah. And I, that's actually one thing I wanted to talk about when I, when we talked about fitness with, with, uh, with my, with my training kind of future was like the idea of like an ABC race. Yeah. Where like you have multiple races that you do, but different levels of priority. Yes. Cause I know I want to do that. I actually want Tremblant to be like my B or C race, probably B race, and then have a race that's later in the season. That's my A that's mm. like, this is where it's, this is where it's going to happen in terms of like breaking sub five, um, kind of to the, to the exact same point, like, all right. Cause like, I mean, we, we don't want to, we don't want to do like 10 races or five races maybe in a season. Cause that can be really, you know, taxing on yeah. our bodies and our nervous system. Um, but to your point, like, tr like going out there and actually practicing, um, pacing, practicing nutrition, fueling race day, breakfast, like all those things, races are a great opportunity to dial in and Definitely. having like a race before you're okay, this is where I want to break that goal, um, to dial in those things to make sure that when you get to that race, it's not like, oh, let's see what happens, yeah. throw it at the wall and see what sticks. It's like, you've already figured it out. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like looking at the training from like a macro view. Um, you know, we, this podcast is called average professionals. We've now, you know, decided that you are the professional. I am the average, <laughs> but what I mean by that is like, 
I, I'm not going out trying to be an elite runner. Right. Right. It's more so like, no, I think it would be cool to have a solid goal of running a sub three hour marathon. I think that's a, a really big accomplishment. And that's obviously above what most people are going to be doing. Right. It's not quite average. But when I think of average, I mean more so I'm doing it because I enjoy it. I'm doing it because it's fun. But that's how I've always kind of viewed fitness, especially the past few years where I like doing these things because it allows me to do other really cool things. So like if I want to go and do a Ninja Warrior course, I have the strength and the endurance to do that. If I want to go rock climbing with some friends, I have the ability to do that. Like it's, you know, if I want to go and hike a mountain, like, oh, I have the ability to do that. So I just, I always want to have a certain level of fitness. And that's why I can, I want to continue doing strength and the Olympic lifting stuff because it's stuff I enjoy. And I know it transfers over to, you know, some of those more strength-based activities that I enjoy doing or potentially could enjoy doing. Yeah, and that's cool. And I think that's probably important um, for you to declare and a lot of people to hear because, yeah, you could likely do a strength program that would be better for you in terms of like increasing your running performance. Definitely. But then it would sacrifice on the other pieces like you having fun, doing the other training that you like. Um, I mean, you could still do a great robust strength program, but it wouldn't be as as inclusive as like you would do with like Olympic weightlifting, CrossFit yeah. and all those different things. So I think that's, uh, I think that's cool. And that kind of always goes back to, we, we talk with, with clients about this all the time. It's like knowing your goal, what you want to accomplish, having a very clear vision on that, knowing the why behind that. Cause then that can allow you to make that decision of like, you know what, I am going to just have a little bit more laxity with the training, the strength training that I'm doing It's cool. Definitely. Definitely. And then from the accountability standpoint, um, I think the accountability for me is going to be more important than it is for you, but these little weekly sit downs that you and I are doing, right? Like that's big for me. Yeah, me too. I know you're, yeah, you can be like, all right, I'm going to have three, three oats, three pieces of oats every day. <laughs> and that's all I'm allowed. And you could mean? somehow stick to that. I don't know. That's the first thing that came to mind. Cause I just had oatmeal. <laughs> uh, we're like, I will struggle a lot more with the consistency behind doing the boring work. Right. But I know, you know, all right, I'm going to sit down with Luke and we have to talk about what I did or what I didn't do last week. So it's almost like you're my, you're my coach in this sense. Right. Um, so having an accountability buddy, I think is important for everybody, it, whether oh, yeah. that be a coach or a friend or a family member. Um, but having you as my accountability partner is going to be really key during this whole training goal. I think it's important because we can declare a goal and then very easily get, you know, squirrel or shiny light or flashing object or wait, shiny object flashing light, um, and get deterred from that goal. Yeah. Accountability is huge. How else do you have accountability? Cause I think there's, there's some other pieces I think in the puzzle that you've got going on right now. Yeah. I mean, like we have that nutrition program that we're working through. So that's a pretty big one. Right. Yeah. Um, but even with that, like it, a lot of it is off of you as well. I'm like, all right, yeah. well, I know Luke is really nailing this and I'm a competitive person. So it's like, well, if Luke is doing this, then I got to do this too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then obviously like Caitlin's super supportive of my goals. And I think that's a, it's a big thing. Some people don't have the support from their significant other Yeah. and by all means they still make it work and they still get the work done, but, um, it just adds another level of complexity. So it is nice that, you know, both of our spouses are, are, are really supportive of the cause. So important. Actually, that's really good because I think a lot of times, this isn't a statistic, by the way. This is just my intuition. <laughs> 93.4% of, of partners. <laughs> yeah, no. What I think, though, is that we probably don't talk 
to our partners enough. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like in, in some cases where there isn't that partner support, I don't know if that conversation was actually had. Yeah. We just assume. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you have a goal and you have this kind of mission and you know why you want to accomplish that, it's really important to yeah. discuss that with your partner and let them know where you're at, why it's important, how it benefits you and them and, and all those things. Cause I think a lot of times people probably just skip over that. Definitely. Um, and just assume that they're going to do it. And yeah, I think once you have that support from, I well, I mean, I think it's like without Brooke and Kate's support, I don't know that it would work. No, no. Especially because like, well, you have two young kids. Yeah. I have a newborn. Yeah. Um, for me to be like, Hey babe, I'm going for a two hour run and not let her know ahead of time. Like that could, that could be a bit of an issue. Right. So making sure that we're planning that out, that we're having those conversations ahead of time. Um, and I think it's important too, because let's just say my long runs are usually on Sunday. This Sunday is Mateo's baptism. So right. it's like, I'm not going to be able to do my long run Sunday. I need to do it a different day during the week. Um, so like making sure that Caitlin's still okay with me effing off for an hour and a little bit to go and do this run. Like it's just the communication is going to be key. And I think that's just with every relationship communication is important, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. <laughs> Statistics say, yeah, 93.2%. Another like accountability piece is like with the nutrition, um, uh, fueling. It's like what you have to do is you have to the week before the training week. So yeah. like by Friday you have to say, okay, I'm doing these intensities, like this level of intensity and I'm doing this. This is the training time of my session. That's something I never really, I, I kind of always knew my training times, but now every week I'm looking to my, my next yeah. week. Cause like guys, just with nutrition where like, it really does only take like five minutes the night before when you actually sit down and think about how am I going to get through the day tomorrow? What am I going to eat? Oh shoot. I don't have this available. It's kind of the same with fitness. Like all you really have to do is take five to 10 minutes, look at the coming week, look at your schedule, figure it out and be like, Hey, these are the times that I'm going to train. Oh shoot. I've got the baptism. So I can't run that. Yeah. Like we're going to be away on Saturday. So it's like, okay, well that's normally when my long run is. So what time am I going to do it? What day am I going to do it? I have to communicate that with Brooke. We have to figure out what that's going to look like. But all it takes is that five to 10 minutes to map that out. Then you can have those conversations. Then you can set yourself up for success. I think that's, dude, that's huge. It's what I actually, so at night, it's how I fall asleep. Maybe it's a bit like psychopath of me, but like nighttime routine. Yeah. Like, so part of it is, so I'll I'll lie in bed. I'll put my eye mask on. Yeah. I never talked about this during my, no, what? Dude, eye mask, game changer. What is it? Is it like, (laughs) it's it's just a mask. Oh, Oh, an eye mask. Yeah. (laughs) Here's what I thought. The letter I mask. I'm like, what, what has Apple created what? now? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's uh, literally just a Dollarama eye mask. Got it. And uh, yeah, so I'll put that on. And then I know what my workout is or workouts are for tomorrow. And I'll think about how I'm going to attack those workouts. Oh, nice. Um, so it was, it was definitely more with like CrossFit or uh, only lifting. Like, okay, I got a clean jerk. This is like, and I start like visualizing what those lifts are going to look like. Nice. But um, yeah. The little keys to success. I mean, visualization is so important. And now I know that you've been doing it every single night. And this is why you are so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only reason. It's the only reason. It's the same as real reps. Yeah, dude. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else fitness-wise. I mean, I'm sure there is. But that'll be flushed out during the multiple episodes that we'll release in the future. Yeah, because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna film one here shortly on um, like a couple of mistakes that, well, I've made. <laughs> me too in the past year and uh and then how 
what we're doing this year to rectify those mistakes and, and be better. Um, but then I think from there we're going to do, well, if we have guests that come on or debriefs yeah. from different races, from clients, and then, um, and then week to week, just like what's working, what's not, what are we seeing on our training kind of deep diving into those pieces. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you guys have recommendations or thoughts on stuff that we can talk about that yeah. would benefit you, just let us know as yeah, well. Or questions that you have yeah. for us. Please. And you know, like we've declared right from the get go. I mean, we've been in the endurance world for a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially like within our specific sports, like where we're really being, you know, competitive focus. I mean, I think we've actually both been in the endurance world for a lot longer than we yeah. give ourselves credit for, but I mean, in these like, okay, triathlon pursuits and marathon pursuits, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're absolutely dedicated to figuring out what works and what doesn't. So yeah. any questions, let us know. Any comments, let us know. Love it. Love it. Love it. Cool. Cool. Cool, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Ciao. Bye.